I wandered for many years And I finally found it Hi everyone, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. And this is the second episode from Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival of 2022. In this episode we meet Christian from Västerhamtviks Bryggeri, James from Thornbridge, Jeremy from Rudgate, Sarah, or as our friends call her, the Fat Cat, from the Halveman, and Marianne, the founder and general of Swedish Beer and Whiskey Festival. So, sit back, relax, and... Enjoy. All right, welcome back to Beer Bubble. Still going strong here, me Yay. and CC and Anton, who's taking pictures. Yeah, we gotta take a picture of Anton so you guys get to know him. Yeah. He's, right. he's the freshest one into beer bubbles. <laughs> he is, and I notice now we don't have a third glass. Ah, we'll do like this. I'll have the small one. I have been asking you to come onto this podcast for a while now. Yep, yep. And should we I've pull always the been finally you're here. So, yeah. upward, which one should I do first? This one? Uh, yeah, the ha- uh, oat ale or uh, Havre yeah. ale, as we so say. So, while I pour, uh, you can introduce yourself to the listeners. All right. Well, uh, I'm Christian Turen. I'm the owner and brewer at Vestra Emtvik Brewery in Värmland, uh, western region of Sweden. And I've been brewing since I was a small child, <laughs> almost. <laughs> but uh, the interest in uh, drinking and brewing beer uh, really came to me when I was in Stockholm uh, and tried the um, Nils Oscar Brewery, their Kalas Öl, their festival beer, festival beer. And I got really got into the different aromas and uh, smells well, of, uh, of beer. And I started to brew. And, well, I'm not uh, originally from the, uh, the region of Värmland, but I moved here like 20 years ago and started to brew with some uh, local oats. And yeah, the thing is, because yeah. uh, uh, I've got to, sorry for interrupting. Oh, no you problem. started in 2014 yeah. and you had an old mill just next to yeah, where yeah, you started, yeah. Just, yeah. A, just uh, well, ten miles from uh, from uh, the brewery, we have a mill that uh, roast oats mm. and make a flour out of it. It's a very special one that is only made in this special region of Värmland. So I tried the roasted oats in one of my uh, home brews, uh, an uh, extra strong bitter, or the ESB. And it uh, came out really nice and smooth, uh, smoother than uh, the one I brewed before without the oats. So I thought that, well, I'm onto something here. Uh, so I told my wife, Sophia, that uh, the beer was uh, turning out real great. And, uh, well, <laughs> that word to my wife went to an idea of uh, what is Vesteremtvik's brewery today. Mm. So this is our first and signature beer uh, mm. our oat, uh, oat it, ale and, and all the beers say fryken which is yes. the small lake that you are located uh, yeah. on 
Yeah, so that's mm. our trademark, uh, Freaken. Mm. That's uh, the the lake we live by. It's a really nice lake. Should we mm. try it? Yeah. Mm. This Cheers. is my favorite beer from mm. you. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, Cheers. Let's see if I remember this correctly. I brewed this with you once. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> Some years ago. Is it like 13% of the oats? In some yeah, well, we turn, it turns out to be about 20 nowadays. 29. <laughs> 20%. Okay. 20%. I remember yeah. 13 back in the days. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. The, the oats uh, normally give a bit more mouthfeel as well. Yeah, mouthfeel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it, but uh, it's got quite a lot of um, the roasted tones in this. Is this yeah. from the oats or is yeah, it from the malt? Mostly from the oats, yes. We mm-hmm. use some biscuit malt as well, but... Uh, the it doesn't uh, contribute with uh, any roasted flavor. That's uh, solely on the oats. Because it, it's really, I would say, malty, but uh, mm. like caramelly and, and yeah. almost toffee, yeah. toffee yeah. notes to it, mm-hmm. which is really, really nice. Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, al- almost like um, a candy. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah it, is. It, it, it must be a really good food beer. Yeah, with like especially is. with grilled meats oh, and, yes, and yes, grilled yes. vegetables and so stuff like that. So this is uh, this is the beer we sell the most to restaurants, yeah. and uh, they use it for uh, many of their uh, main courses and, and main uh, main dishes on their menus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a it's a great mix with uh, a lot of foods. You said you didn't come from Vermland. Where no. do you come from, from the beginning? Uh, from uh, Kumla. That's a small, uh, well... <laughs> Nerke. <laughs> Nerke. <laughs> Nerke. Yeah. Well, with, with uh, the way we talk there, there's... Hegor um, Oh, yeah. It's, um, well, it's not good uh, with the women, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> you said that yourself. <laughs> Uh, but now it's the it's the thirtieth uh, anniversary of the uh, Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival. Yeah, and uh, how do you think about it so far? Uh, well, it's uh, nice and cozy on Thursdays, wild on Fridays and Saturdays. So I like it the most on the Thursdays because, uh, well, you got the time to talk to another, talk to other uh, breweries, but uh, to to. Well, people from all around the world, actually, mm. to just uh, see what's going on in the world and uh, see what they think about our products. So it's it's a nice talk, and it's always nice to be here in Stockholm. Uh, it's a very nice town, and, well, it's, it's one of the uh, highlights of the year is the Stockholm uh, uh, Beer and Whiskey Festival. But you, have you been exhibitors here before? Yeah, but it was uh, four years ago. Okay. Yep. So we had a pause during the Corona crisis, yeah. and well, yeah. But, but you, now we're back. Th- this is your second time pouring at the festival. But oh, have, yeah. have you been well, here before at, at the yeah. festival as a customer? Uh, uh, yes, I did uh, back in the days. So <laughs> what do you think? It, well, it is post-COVID now. It's still Thursday, so it's quite kind of Thursdays are a bit slower. Yeah, they uh, are. They but are. also, as you said, nicer. Uh-huh. You get time to mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. to the people who are interested yeah, in the beers. Yeah, you know, it's not all about money. Uh, it's uh, also, also about uh, networking and uh, talking to an, uh, each other and having fun. And, mm. and being a nice in time. a podcast. Yeah, and being <laughs> a podcast, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, <laughs> Do you see any new trends coming on when it comes to beers? Uh, well, uh, well, we started to uh, mature our some of our beers in uh, barrels, uh, barrels of bourbon. Um, so I think, uh, well, it could be a trend. That's a trend for you, at least. Uh, yeah, in Vermland, perhaps. <laughs> uh, but I haven't, well, th- they said that to me that lager is coming back. 
So I, I hope that the traditional styles uh, will be coming back, that we're not... I think we're going back to... Uh, Basics. Way, yeah, back to basics where, where yeah, uh, tradition matters more than innovation. And that mm. is a good thing, you think? or Well, at least for us, because uh, well, as a brewery, we, we look into tradition and try to maintain some traditional uh, thinking into, uh, into our beers. Because we think that the cycles of our products uh, last longer when we think about uh, traditional ways of brewing, traditional ways of maybe even uh, uh, um, talking about beer, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. yeah. So, and I think we have a lot to learn about the traditions uh, made uh, years and centuries ago about brewing beer. Mm. It's not all about science anymore. It's, uh, I think we want beer to go back not only to the basics, but also back to emotions. Crazy is good, but uh, like favorite tradition. <laughs> but but, but the, the homely feel of having a beer is also yeah, yeah, something yeah. that is good. Yeah, and I think that uh, that uh, we also uh, try to maintain and and um, to pay tribute uh, to the brewers and uh, well, actually also the drinkers <laughs> <laughs> of of yesterday. Uh, see what they. Uh, had in their minds and uh, well yeah that's what tradition is for me and uh, what uh, Westerham Tviksbergery is too Could, yeah. would you like to do the honours with the uh, last no, question no because I have one question before oh you got that. a question before that All right. this is something bourbon yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. we haven't try tried the, the, yeah. the other one yeah. Well, you got to finish that one so first. So oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually working here, but working and drinking. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. So this is a bottle without a label. Yeah. It is, but mm. it, it's actually our uh, winter ale uh, that we brewed uh, last year. So it's uh, almost a year old, but it's uh, aged in a uh, um, barrel of bourbon from Heaven Hill, okay. Kentucky. Oh. So for three months it's been there, and we poured it up uh, during the spring. Uh, and uh, also matured it in, in the bottles. Uh, so, here we are. <laughs> well, let's try it. Cheers. Well, cheers. Well, that's more. And you can actually feel the bourbon quite well. Oh. The vanilla. Yeah. The, uh, almost it's coconutty. Yeah. Oh, you, you put a word to it. Yeah, I, I searched for what, what is it beyond the bourbon taste of it. There's but a lot of coconut in that yeah, one. Yeah. It's like when you bite into a bounty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the chocolate and the coconuts, mm. like yeah, and the caramel thing. Yeah, yeah. well, and he said it's a, it's a year old. Yeah, the 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 beer that went into it uh, was oh. brewed in uh, November uh, last year. Has it and had any we kind of second fermentation or no? Well, mm. we uh, last day of uh, the fermentation, we put it on in the barrel, mm. put on uh, a cork. And uh, let it okay. sit there, mm. and uh, put it actually in uh, a, in a refrigerator <laughs> room for three months. Mm. So, and then we poured it up. So but you, it, you pressurized it before you put it. Uh, yeah, we did. We did a little. Bit. Yeah, because uh, most of the carbon dioxide went. Well, it's uh, gonna. Yeah. If it's in an old yeah. barrel, of course, yeah, it's gonna yeah, disappear. Yeah. Yeah, so. it still has some tiny bubbles. So it, it wasn't the angel's share. It was uh, maybe the devil's share <laughs> that went out of it. <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, it's really it's nice. Really nice. Yeah. And it, it is it is still quite light. It's, it is, it's yeah. It's uh, about 6% alcohol, so it's not a heavy beer. Mm? So it's quite drinkable as well. So Quenchable. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. That that was. Um, really I'm nice. going to ring and that now one. I can do the honors. Okay, you do the honors. The hardest question you're going to get today. All right, go. I'm sorry, Christian. You're going to die right now. You can have one more beer, whatever you want. Uh, what are you having? <laughs> Oh, actually, I, I'll go for the Nils Oskar Kalas beer. <laughs> Nils Oskar Kalas Earl from, uh, from um, Nils Oskar Brewery in, in uh, New Shopping. It, it, are they still doing it? Yep. I haven't drank yeah, it, uh, it, uh, it for quite a while. Uh, for, uh, I think they only do it as a special seasonal ah, yeah. stuff, like the uh-huh. post Kalas and oh, Christmas yeah, yeah. Kalas. Mm. Mm. I had um, to wait for it until Easter. Uh, well, uh, I think there's a Christmas one coming out. Oh, yeah. so, yeah. Right. Can have it then. Okay, thank you for that. Christian, absolute <coughs> pleasure to have you in the podcast. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, have Good a to great see you festival. Again. Yes, yeah, same to you. <laughs> well, glad to be here. Thanks. <laughs> Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the number one bubbliest podcast in the world. And CC is pouring something that we both really <laughs> fucking like. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, yes. I've been looking forward to this. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and we're sitting here with James from Thornbridge. Hello, hello. And we just poured Jaipur. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Who are you and what do you do at Thornbridge? Uh, my name's James Buchanan. I'm the export manager at Thornbridge Brewery. So working here with Wicked Wine, um, getting all of our beers in here. We're in 39 different countries uh, internationally, you know, some smaller, some larger. Uh, and I manage those accounts through there. We work with a range of different distributors uh, to get Thornbridge beer out and about. Nice. This got to be one of your flagships Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the beer for us. Yeah. So, but, yeah. What, what's your background? How did you end up in this? Uh, so originally, um, I was at university. I studied international business. I, um, alongside studying international business, I worked at the Sheffield Tap, which at the time had the largest beer selection, one of the largest in the UK, about two hundred different bottled beers. Fantastic pub in the train station in Sheffield. Uh, I then did a year in America working in a beer bar up in Rochester in upstate New York. Um, so learned an awful lot about American craft beer, the whole beer scene, everything like that. Um, came back, started at Thornbridge in sales and then worked up to, you know, using the international experience as well and, and to be export manager there. I've been uh, 10 years now at Thornbridge, so a long time, fantastic place to work. So is this one of your favorite beers from of what you produce it is i often get asked what my favorite one is and i always come back to jaipur you know um particularly if it's in cask i cannot turn down a pint of cask jaipur Ah. but can bottle keg anything like that i find you know the 10 years um i always just come back to it's always in the fridge it's the beer that pays my bills to be honest with you so it's uh it's uh, (laughs) got a special place it's your bread and butter but it's also a fantastic beer yeah yeah that's it i think um you know, we timed it. it. The time was right for us starting to brew Jaipur. Um, it's got a huge following still. It's about 40% of our production overall. And really, yeah, like uh, even being here in Sweden, people keep coming up to me and saying just how much they love Jaipur and it changed their way of thinking about beer. Our big problem is we find it really hard to get cast conditioned over yeah. here. Too. Yeah, what? yeah, it is. Well, you've got to speak to the guys and, and get it yeah, over. Yeah, don't worry. Why? It, it's <laughs> topic of conversation for yeah. sure. So yeah. we'll get you more cask beer. Because when I came up, it's like, could you do me next? Because I've got a booking at Akrat. <laughs> mm. I was like, 
you go to our workplace and we'll sit and drink beers instead. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> no, I actually saw the Jaipur Jaipur uh, tap sign for the car scale. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When I was, just you know sorting everything out, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we we've, we've done it over the years here, and uh, and yeah, it's being worked on at the minute to bring more cask back to Sweden mm-hmm. as well. Because this is a fantastic beer. It oh, is. It, it, it is. It's really traditional. This mm-hmm. is going back to what mm-hmm. IPAs were. Yeah. In the beginning, uh, yes, yeah, but with a modern yeah. twist. Yes, exactly. That's. I mean, to be honest with you, there's been so many. Uh, we did a little talk earlier on about you know British beer and British beer history and things, and and the time I've been working in beer, it's changed so much. You know, when we started out, craft beer wasn't a term used in the UK. It was an American thing. People didn't know what it was. People argued for years afterwards about who was and wasn't a craft brewery, but. When we started, we were just a brewery making an IPA with these fun American hops. So. Yeah, but the thing mm. is, in the beginning, well, in the UK, it's mm. always been a question of, are you a beer drinker mm. or a lager drinker? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So if you yeah. drink beer, you yeah. drink, like, handcrafted yeah. proper beers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. And if you're a lager drinker, you drink mm. Stella or, yeah. or something else. That's it. Even that's changed. Uh, you know, our Lucas is our second best-selling beer. It's a Hellas Lager at 4.2. Um, and now we found, you know, the, it's almost come right back round with the beer geeks now really appreciating a well-made, particularly maybe a Germanic style, but a well-made lager. Is that a trend? Uh, yes, to a degree. We we do a lot of it. So it's um, and most breweries setting up will now try and at least do one lager. Um, it works well in the on trade, particularly. So because we realized here in Sweden that like old styles mm-hmm. are coming back. That is kind yeah. of a trend, especially in in. Mm-hmm beer bars and uh, yeah. that people are tending mm-hmm. to they love the experimental stuff yeah but they want to drink mm-hmm. more traditional beers yeah, they go yeah. mental when a source beer comes on tap like oh yeah, shit yeah. no give me that <laughs> like all right yeah <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd agree we see the same thing you know um some of it i think is people are going back to what they know and what they can trust as well i mean of course unfortunately it's a tough economy at the moment people want to know they're spending their money in the right way so they go for quality over maybe you know new wild and experimental Mm. but also there is especially with you know for me british brewing history is is fantastic i'm on the bar down there with timothy taylor's landlord rudgates ruby mild fantastic beers you know that are still going very strong today in cask as well and um, mm. and you now see these breweries turning back to brewing traditional british styles too they they're certainly coming back more popular and it's the 30th anniversary of the stockholm beer and whiskey festival uh-huh. uh, is it your first time here or been here before uh, third. third third time, time. Nice. yeah yeah uh, what do you think about this year and uh, the years you've been here I love it. You know, I'm just happy to be back, to be quite honest. It's, uh, it was fantastic, of course. We had the pandemic and everything else. It all changed. So I'm very thankful to be back in Stockholm. We're finally meeting people again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, and, really. and these yeah. crazy people that yeah. are geeks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, yeah. That really love and are passionate <laughs> about yeah. the one thing that we love, which mm-hmm. is beer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And. Well, I said, I've been twice before, so actually coming back and recognizing people and, and seeing familiar faces after so long and just catching up, and it's great. And so, yeah, no, very thankful. It's, yeah, really good to be back yes. on. We're going to do this short, and yeah. I'm going to, because you you have to get your dinner. Uh, yeah, well, uh, well at, our, worry, at our bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, at your bar? You're going to Akkurat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Going. They booked a the nice. table at Akkurat. Yeah. So nice. That's why he's in a hurry. Yeah, oh. yeah. No, we can take our time. I respect it's, that. Uh, I, I respect love Akkurat. It is <laughs> one of the, me and my wife came on holiday many years ago to Stockholm. Had to go to Acura, had to go through the whiskeys, the fantastic selection, mm. talking to the barman, and 
probably for us two together one of the drunkest nights we've ever had it was amazing <laughs> so much I'm, fun I'm like, sorry what a but great we bar. are not working tonight no, so. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but Nissa and yeah. Nico is in the bar okay yeah. both well, I'll say hello so. but mm-hmm. fantastic bar yeah uh, I've got to ask you the ultimate question though please you're going to die today okay and you get a chance <laughs> to drink one more beer yeah whatever in the world yeah what would it be Well, uh, I mean, Jaipur's obviously biased, but after that, it would be Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. I mean, Ah. it was the beer really that got me into beer. Um, I mentioned, you know, starting at, uh, for example, the Sheffield Tap and drinking it. And actually, I remember even drinking Torpedo and thinking, oh, it's so bitter. What is this? And then realizing what it was and stuff. But the Pale Ale before the Torpedo, Pale Ale is just, it's a perfect beer. It tastes fantastic. Even today, it's, it's still amazing. I've been out to the brewery and, and loved every minute of it there. So, yeah, it's got a special place for me, Sierra Pale. James, it's been absolute pleasure to have oh, you. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and enjoy some Jack Hort <laughs> oh, together. You. We're so, the ones yeah. thanking you. No, no, thank you. Thank you. It's great. So <laughs> I'm looking you, forward to Accra. It's going to be fun. Have fun at Accra. I, w- I will indeed. Don't <laughs> you worry. The so. Jaipur is still amazing. Oh, and, yeah. uh, so we who have left in the glass. Well, yeah. I've Cheers, finished, my, I've <laughs> finished <laughs> mine. Cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Hey guys, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the number one bubbliest podcast in the world. And we're sitting here with Jeremy Craig. Hello. From Rudgate. <laughs> Hello. Uh, tell us a bit about who you are. Who I am. Uh, well, my name's Craig. Um, I'm from England. Um, 46 years old, if that matters. Um, <laughs> I grew up in the north of England in Harrogate. Um, I studied at school. I actually studied after school music as a degree. And I suppose this leads to whilst I was doing my degree in music, uh, I got a part-time job at Rudgate Brewery washing barrels. Um, and then when so I... Kind of took the long way in. Yeah, 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 the long <laughs> way in. I, I grew up in the pub trade, um, so my parents have always had pubs. And so working at a brewery seemed quite fun because I could see where all the beer came from, you know. Um, and then in about 95, I started working at Rudgate Brewery and then... Basically, I decided that music I enjoy, but I enjoy playing. I didn't want to be a teacher, really, at a school or anything. So I ended up sort of working more at the brewery whilst I was doing a few other part-time mm. jobs. And then one thing led to another. As, as time progressed, I got more and more into the brewing. I started doing some brewing courses. And then um, I did the Certificate of Brewing Competency with the IBD. Um, and then in 2008, I bought the brewery from Richard and Bruce, who were ex-Bass Brewers, who originally set the brewery up until their pension schemes kicked in. So their pension schemes kicked in. They wanted out of the breweries, and I thought, well, this is a great opportunity to take mm. on my own business, and um, that's what I did. Um, so, yeah, we, we, um, we bought the brewery, and um, the year after I bought the brewery, in 2009, our Ruby Mild won Champion Beer of Britain, the Camera Champion Beer that's of Britain, which awesome. is a fantastic nice. uh, accolade and award. Um, and then... That instigated a massive rush on beer sales, predominantly Ruby Mild, but also just the whole brewery. And I grasped that and expanded the brewery, brought more staff in, put more tanks in, brewed more beer. It was real hard work for two or three Mm. years. Um, And then we eventually built a new brewery in 2012, um, which is where we are now, a bigger brewery. We improved the uh, sort of brew plants and the the whole infrastructure of the brewery, which, and the fact we'd grown meant I could bring in a proper sales team and we could have sort of designated drivers, um, marketing people out on the roads, uh, pro- get a proper brewer in, 
um, that was full-time concentrating on the job and, and, one, and sort of growth leads to growth. So, yeah, so that's sort of the basic story of me and how the brewery started. It's really nice. But I've got to ask as well, the names, mm-hmm. they're really like Viking... Well, you've got one called Viking. Yeah, yeah, correct. So and you've got Battle Axe and you've got like... Yeah, so the reason Rudgate Brewery is where it is, um, when Richard and Bruce set the brewery up, they were looking for somewhere that had a good location for deliveries, the water was good, and the rent was cheap. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, as you do. As you do. So they were all found in the Marston Business Park, which is an old World War II airfield, um, just off the road of Rudgate. On the road of Rudgate is the road where the Vikings went approached York when they took it over. Mm. So with that in mind, we thought it would be quite fun to use that sort of history to as, as, as our names for the brewery. So the first beer we ever brewed was Viking Bitter, and then Battle Axe Bitter was introduced. Um, and then our Jorvik Blonde came about when I brought the brewery in about 2011. I think we introduced Jorvik Blonde because we didn't have a permanent blonde on the portfolio. Ruby Mild is one that is just a name of the beer. It is what it is. That doesn't have any Viking connections mm. at all um, we've got Valkyrie American Pale Ale as a permanent beer as well so we and for about five or six years uh, maybe ten years every special we brewed was all Viking names we had mm. Thor's Hammer Asgard's Legend Loki's this it was quite an interesting sort of style of names for the Viking enthusiasts but we sort of ran out of names and so then our monthly specials then became a little bit more beer related as the craft beer started taking over yeah. you know we started to call them names that were more relevant to the sort of beer really so yeah it was all quite all quite interesting so that's where the, the Viking names came from. But you're a, mus- a musician from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're sitting here with two musicians. Okay. He's a guitarist, <laughs> I'm a singer. Okay. Uh, is that kind of... Because to me, that kind of creativity actually translates quite well into the beer into business. Brewing. I think it does, yeah. And like a lot of people that um, are brewers are also quite good chefs. You know, because yeah. they, 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 it's all mm. sort of, if I say it's similar. It's flavours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of similar, yeah, you know, yeah. creating a, a dish... Uh, food is very similar from a creativity point of view to creating a recipe for beer. You know, mm. it's all, it all links together, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Mm. Now it's the, it's the 30th anniversary of uh, the Swedish Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival. Yeah. And uh, is it your first time over? or been It is, and it's also the 30th year of Rugate Brewery this year. It is. Oh, really? It's been started oh, in 92, awesome. yeah. So, oh, yes, nice. it's my first time in Stockholm, yeah. Nice. yeah. Do you, what do you think about it so far? Fantastic. Yeah, I love the enthusiasm of everybody here. Um, I love the venue. I think it's a fantastic venue. I think it's been set up really well. I'm not just saying this. I really, I have been saying it all day. I, I really do think it's great. Um, I think it's been set up very professionally. I think all the guys and girls coming here are really enthusiastic. I think it's staffed well. I think the selection is great, and I think the whole visual aspect is really good as well. Yeah. And the customers yeah. are quite interested. Very interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. In England, you either have sort of beer festivals or trade shows, and this is too a little bit in the middle, maybe. Um, mm. And you're getting the real enthusiasts in a, in, a, in, a, in a real sort of captivated environment enjoying what's going on yeah Th- Thursdays are more for the enthusiasts and uh, and then Friday Saturday is more for, for and the then it becomes more of a bar yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's fine yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun as well uh, you guys are doing quite traditional bees yep do you look at beer trends at all or are you just doing we do your follow, stuff no we do follow beer trends we know what's going on in the marketplace uh, we did try doing some um, slightly wackier beers I suppose um, but then realised that actually, certainly in recent years, people, the craft ale revolution kicked in and all the breweries open and there's some amazing wacky beers out there, love them or hate them. Um, but we thought, well, no, we tried a few different ones. We do sort of quite interesting monthly specials, but only 
interesting in that the hot profiles are slightly different, tend to be paler beers and all the rest of it. We don't sort of have many beers with lactose or fr- fruit sort of flavours in them or anything like that. You know, it tends to be just more traditional beers and actually certainly in England at the moment the post- trend is t- actually coming back to you yeah it's coming back stuff. to the trad stuff yeah and yeah. you're finding now a lot of the craft breweries are starting to do trad beers which is awesome to be, well both me and Rasmus we love yeah. our traditional beers yeah uh, I, I'm still waiting for the trend of milds coming to Sweden yeah because uh, yeah. and it's probably never going to happen but, but miles are, uh, we love milds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially a dark mild. Yeah. <laughs> but also, uh, we do enjoy like a really good crafted lager. Yeah. And, and uh, the craze the beers, to me at least, they are toning down. And they, even though they might be a bit on the haze side or whatever, they still have some of the traditional in them nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, yeah. I think you're right with that, yeah. And I think as the vegan-style beers and that come in, you're starting to find traditional beers have been naturally hazy and all the rest of it because they're not putting mm-hmm. findings in them or filtering them back quite as much, yeah. Yeah, yeah but definitely. there's a definite... I wouldn't say a resurgence in traditional ales, but I'd sort of say a, a, it, the, the playing field's balancing out and you're starting to see a lot more traditional beers become more regularly available um, in outlets in mm. the UK and I think over here as well, yeah. Uh, should I do the honors with the, yes, with you the hardest question you're going to get today? <laughs> I'm sorry. You're going to die right now. And you can <laughs> have enough. one more beer. Okay. Whatever you want. What's the last one you're having? Oh, now that is an interesting question. <laughs> now, do you, you know, do you suggest one of your own beers or do you... Do well, you it's all up to you. you. It's all up to yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your choice? <sighs> it's, that is a very tricky question. Uh, uh, you should know that Tim from Timmy Taylor's. Yeah, yeah, he's here today. He said yeah, landlord. Yeah, we well, he said the landlord, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know what my favourite. I mean, the Rudgate beers, I love the Jorvik Blonde and I love the Ruby Mild because but they're totally different beers. But then when I go into a bar and have a pint of Battle Axe, I also think that's great. Um, I don't drink our chocolate stout and APA so much. If I could, This isn't answering the question, though, is it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> I don't. Is Whatever beer in the world, yeah, I, have one. You're gonna die happy. One beer That's that I really want. enjoy is Oakham Inferno. Huh? What Oakham Brewery? Yeah, okay, their Inferno is a fantastic beer. What is it? It's it's, it's a pale, hoppy sort of beer, but um, I just it's sessionable at four percent as well. But is, would that be the last beer I'd ever have? You see, and I also used to like York Guzzler, so <laughs> I'm just, I don't know if I can answer the question. I like too many beers. <laughs> Jeremy, I mean, Jeremy, we're going to leave it at that. No worries. At, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least I've mentioned some other great beers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been absolutely fantastic having you in the podcast and have a great festival. Mm. Thank you. And uh, cheers. 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 Perfect. <laughs> My friends here call me Fat Cat. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. This is CC. Rasmus is sadly standing in the bar at Akarat right now, so he he really hasn't got the time to sit here with me. So instead, I've got something beautiful. I've got Sarah here from the Halve Man. Not the Halve Man. The Halve Man. Welcome to Beer Bubbles. Thank you, Chris, for having me. So, So tell me a bit about yourself. Who are you and how the hell did you end up in the beer business? I'm Sarah. I have been in the beer industry all my life. So I'm German. 
and the background is finance and brewing and been always doing beer really and that's how the journey started. I went to Munich after my degrees and started in different breweries in uh, English, um, German, Belgian breweries and now since it's now nearly four years I'm with the Halvermann in Belgium. And, and what is the brewery? What's the history? Because it's, it's one of these breweries with a proper history. Yes, yeah, so I was in a very young age, in my 20s, when I visited the Halvermann, and I said, I want to work for these guys. And back on the days, they were very small, and I never thought that I would ever be able to work for them. And the Halvermann is 500 years old, and we are, have been always in the same area. It's always been in a mass family hand, and now Fanesta. And the brewery is in the sixth generation now with Safir Fanesta, the owner. His mother, Veronique Mas, and her family built the brewery back on the days, which I'm very proud of to be part. So it's a 500-year-old brewery. Yes. <clears throat> and you do like traditional styles of beer, but you've, uh, you've added a few things to your range. You're going to see the photos on our social medias because uh, it's not just the Bruxessut double that we've seen in Sweden before and the Strafferhandi quadruple. There's a few more. Yeah, so, so I will tell you a bit. So we have the first beer which we had in a brewery called Bruxessot. And this, the name comes from the drunken people Bruges called the Zotjes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> so if you see always the gesture head, that's uh, something... We, we are known for, and again, we are one of the most visited breweries in Belgium. Mm. So, and our brewery sits in the center of Bruges. Okay. And interesting is, I mean, we have a whole range. We have the Bruges Zot range, a Straffe Hendrik, mm. and uh, the Blanche. Mm -hmm. And within this, we have obviously we create some more beers. So we have a blonde, which is six percent. We have a double with seven point five percent. Then we have the Strafe Hendrik line, which is a triple with 9% and a quadruple with 11 So Veronique Mas, the mother of the current owner, in the 80s she invented the Strafe Hendrik line. And everybody wants to know what called Strafe Hendrik or Hendrix or whatever we call it. So all the generation boys in the brewery called Henry, Heinrich ah, okay. or Henri. Mm. So she said, oh... I will call the beer then Strong Heinrich or Strong Henri ah. or Strong Hendrik. So that's called, that's mm. why this range called Strafe Hendrik. And it is quite strong as well. But, but we've got the uh, quadruple in front of us and you, you guys, you brought me the nicest gift as well. Because you do something special with the quadruple from time to time. Indeed. So just to let you know, so to expand the brewery, we have built a pipeline which goes from the center of Bruges because we can't extend up and down. We said, okay, what are we going to do to get our more beers to the people and do some more creations? We built a pipeline which goes from our main brewery in the center 3.2 uh, kilometers to our new bottling and labeling line. <laughs> yeah, and what we do now uh, with the quadruple, this goes each year to a blend of oak, American oak, French oak, and Bordeaux barrels. And this is a year it will stay in the barrels, and then we blend this beer. And before that, we had them sometimes in rum barrels, in cognac barrels, and this is how we are known for. 
And that's what we do with the quadruple. It's very uh, it, nice. It's a, it's a beautiful beer. And you know what? I'm just going to open the bottle and pour some for us. And I tell you guys, this is breakfast for champions. It's now 12 o'clock. Uh, the fair is just open on the second Thursday. And we are pouring an 11% <laughs> quadruple for us as breakfast. Chin, Cheers. Chin, chin. <laughs> oh. So the quadruple... Um, as you see uh, yourself, Chris, we have firm on it, which we really know. And firm, we, are, we have to have this in beer because sensoritry is very important for the beer, right, to have. Because it gives the flavors and CO2 combination in your mouth. And also, and also the reflux you get when you swallow it. It's the CO2 like jumps up your nose exactly. with loads of aromas. Exactly. This is where it comes from. And it keeps the beer fresh. So important for us is... You pour it perfectly. We want to have a nice head. And people think sometimes, oh, why is this head? You're damaging, you know, I want more beer. But it is very important for your flavors to have the head. And it also retains flavor in the beer because the head works as a lid on your, on your, exactly, on your beer, basically. Exactly. So, and I personally think it's the perfect lunch beer, breakfast beer. <laughs> so I'm very happy to be with you here. Thanks so much for having me. Um, what we get on here, obviously, it's a dark beer. We brew our beer only with aroma hops, mm -hmm. which is important because aroma hops, as we know, they are low in alpha acids. Yep. And means um, we have a, a complex beer with low bitterness, smooth bitterness, and we have loads of flavors, dryness, a complexity, which makes for me, it's we are going away for all this IPAs, double dry hop beers, and we come to the smoothness of this, and that comes from sorry from the aroma hops really what we use the aroma hops and the caramelized malts of course. Obviously, we use roasted malt indeed, and we have about uh, six different malt varieties we use, and our cultivated own yeast, which yeah, is underestimated course. always. Uh, we will never speak about the one seller. But it is the most important part as well, <laughs> next to hops and malt. We we talked earlier and said like, well, up until fermentation, beer is all about chemistry. But when you introduce yeast, you actually introduce a living organism, and it can be moody, it can be uh, like a bit cranky sometimes. You need to be nice to your yeast, and the yeast will be nice to you. Exactly. I couldn't say it better. It's a one cellar. It's a living life. And our beers, as everybody probably know, second fermentation in a bottle means that the beer develops its flavors during process. means the residual sugars are eaten by the yeast, and we have produced always CO2, and uh, the flavor profile changes. So that's a very uh, distinct uh, thing to say for Belgian beers and what we do, obviously. It's very important to have second fermentation in the bottles. What does this create and what does this do with the beer? And if you look at the beer now, how long it is... Um, so this beer is um, lost to um, 2024, mm -hmm. which is in bottles. And the heritage, what we do, lost about 10 years. Yeah. Aging process. And I think even that, as you have tried the heritage, you know... It can stay longer. Yeah, it can stay about 20 years at least in the bottle. Exactly. And I, I'd say this, I've had a few old Schaffer Henry Quadruple, and they last longer than 
I don't know if you put Normally two or three years. Normally we would say four years, four years in yeah. the bottles. Um, but I personally ab- agree with you. They definitely, and again, we have residual sugars. So if we have enough yeast, there's enough flavors to go. I guess you agree with that. And if we have the living organism in the beer, it means we have enough flavors with. Oh, yeah, of course. Could I ask you a quick question? What the, This is your first day this time at the Beer and Whiskey Festival. You've been here before. Uh, yes. What do you think of the Stockholm Beer and Whiskey? Oh my God, I'm absolutely a big fan of this festival in Sweden. So when Sebastian from colorful brand Spivy mm-hmm. asked me if I want to come over this year again, I definitely directly said yes, I want. Because this festival is one of the best ones I have been. And the organization is brilliant. The range of whiskeys and beer breweries you, you have here, I'm very impressed. No, I'm very impressed and about the hospitality of the <laughs> Swedish people. No, very, very thanks for having me. I'm very, very excited to be here. Uh, th- this is awesome. And for me to meet you and try these beers to get together with you, that's, that's a big one for me. We're going to move on because otherwise this is going to be too long. <laughs> we talked a little bit about, we, we normally talk about beer trends in, in the podcast. Uh, and when it comes to Belgium and Germany mainly, uh, and Great Britain, uh, tradition is quite... But they have quite a long tradition of brewing beers, which means that it's hard to change. Uh, do you see any like modern brewers popping up in Belgium as well? Yes. I mean, we have a couple, I would say. A couple is usually two. A few, I would say, a few more, which do IPAs, which do the traditional dry hopping. Um, at the moment, living in London, I can say we are not that experimental, obviously. We are still traditional. Um, not that traditional that in Germany is. Germany still stays uh, more traditional. Reinheitsgebot. Exactly. The purity law, yeah. what we have there from uh, 1516 is always there. What we don't have, obviously, in Belgium. So, because this not sits on our head... Mm-hmm. We, we have some breweries coming up, but the traditional of Belgian beer stays. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yes, we have some beers, breweries coming up, but I would say Belgium will stay <laughs> traditional. We don't do American West IPAs, double dry hopped, which I think there is enough out there. Mm-hmm. And I personally like our range of Belgian beer to be complex in a nice dryness and bitterness and not craziness with hops i yeah, personally more malt more, more malt and yeast forward than hop forward exactly exactly and i believe totally in balance well balance is my favorite word to <laughs> say when i use our beers so yes the trend is definitely there there is little mar- market there but i feel that uh, it will stay as it is. We don't do... I mean, there is, as I said, there is enough double dry-hopped American West Coast IPAs out there. Why should we in Belgium continue doing that, right? I'm very happy that you do traditional beers because the more I drink, the more I, well, the older I get. I'm the old man now. Uh, you're just going back to drinking traditional styles. I love British Miles. I love German Pilsners. The Belgium doubles, triples... Uh, quadruples, I find them fascinating because they're so complex, but with nuances instead of screaminess, if you understand what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. No, I, am, I am with you, mm-hmm. but I think um, I can see the trend more going to traditional beers as well. Mm-hmm. I can see it in whole, I, I look after 30 countries 
uh, after the export in 30 countries. And I can clearly see that the trend goes more towards traditional beers than the trendy beers. And I think it's okay to be there because um, to get complex beers, smooth and with um, a balance is harder than personally, I think, to get it more dried and hopped. I totally agree. And these beers actually have a shelf life as well. When you talk about the, the haze craze and those beers, you should drink them when they're done. So three months, I think the IPAs lost. Anything above three months, I don't think IPAs are going to taste because hops obviously loses its flavors as we go. And we have to understand that. And if you see my traditional beers, they can last forever at the end of the day. Mm. So I think, yes, we have, there is trends going on, but why shouldn't we stack <laughs> to traditional and, and go with good stuff we have done since 500 years? Yeah. I've got a question for you, Sarah. This is the last question, and this is quite a, kind of a tough one, especially for someone who loves beer. <laughs> uh, I'm sad to say, but you're going to die today, and you can have one more beer before you die. The final beer it hasn't, doesn't have to be your range. It can be any beer in the world. What will you have? Oh, It's very clear. I will have our heritage. That will be my... If, if somebody would ask me... It will definitely be my last beer. And the second last beer, I have to tell you that as well, will be our Straffe Hendrik Wild, which we use uh, Brettomyces, which we have invented a special, our yeast, at the Catholic University of Leuven. So I would say definitely our heritage. And if they ask me what is your second beer, you're going to die, I would definitely say our Straffe Hendrik Wild. And there is nothing else I would say about <laughs> that. <laughs> Sarah, thank you very much for participating in the podcast. And have a great festival. Chris, it was a pleasure to, to be here. Thanks so much for having me. And again, Sweden, I love you. And you guys are brilliant. And 30 years festival. Uh, I'm very proud to be here uh, the next few days. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi guys, welcome back to Beer Bubbles, the bubbliest podcast in the world. This is CC. Rasmus is sadly at Accurate Work in the bar right now, so he couldn't be with us. But I've got the best person in the world with me right here, right now. Mariam Valberg, the founder, the reason we have beer festivals at all in Sweden. Uh, one of the big heroes in the beer business in Sweden. Thank you very much for what you've done and welcome to Beer Bubbles podcast. Thank you so much, Sissi. You are a fantastic person. I've known you for... How many years <laughs> now? <laughs> I don't know, but it, it's more than 20. Yes. It's less than 30 because I wasn't here for the first three years. How old were you 30 years ago? Uh, 30 years ago, I was, uh, well, 20. Yeah, but you were allowed to come in. Yeah. This is the 30th anniversary mm -hmm. of the Beer and Whiskey Festival. Tell us a bit about this year's festival. This year's festival, is we are so happy to be able to or organize it after COVID. Yeah. Everyone wants to have it, but we still have a lot of the business. The, everyone has a big problem with the staff. Mm. Everyone is sick or been uh, working, starting working with other things. And, you know, it's a, it's a big it's a tough business. It's a tough business now, yes. We get customers back, but we don't have staff to take care of them, mm -hmm, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, but you have uh, 
I was amazed that you got as many exhibitor, yeah. exhibitioners, exhibitors, sorry, they exhibitors. They are heroes. As, yeah. They are heroes. Yes, and we gladly had uh, 12,000 visitors last weekend. That is and not And we bad. are expecting more than 15,000 this weekend. That's beautiful. I think that's good. And the feeling, the, the, the ambience mm-hmm. is fantastic this it year. It is, it is. I was here last Thursday, and, and I just went around with a big smile on my face mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. At last. We can, <laughs> go, we can do it again. <laughs> we had a small, small festival last year, but that was much smaller because of the, all of the COVID passes and everything that the uh, authorities asked us to do. And well, you did it with, with uh, uh, bravoure back mm-hmm. then as well. Thank you. Tell us a bit about the history of the festival, because... You weren't allowed to start the first festival. No, uh, the alcohol law in Sweden said it was not possible. It was against the law to to have festivals with uh, alcohol and also tastings. But we had this community here uh, that helped me doing this. It's a long, long story. Uh, but um, in the first, I started the festival because I didn't know anything about beer and there were no one to ask. So uh, I started a festival with people who could come here and uh, teach me and others what beer is. Because in Sweden by then, we had Big Strong. Yeah. And I thought it was so silly to order a Big Strong because they didn't order a big food. No. I was thinking wine. I was a wine drinker and didn't know anything about beer. Now I know a lot about beer. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying you had to learn, but, but mm. you did it with pleasure. And, and I did it gladly. Yeah. And, and this... Uh, the exhib- exhibitors you got here actually speaks to that as well because mm-hmm. they're all people who want to show their stuff to the public and, yeah. and teach teach people how to drink good beer. Mm-hmm. And, and teach them how to find their own taste because that is the most important of everything. We teach people wh- what kind of beers and whiskies and others that we have. And, um, and then they have to find their, their own taste uh, in different sit- situations, of course. And that is so good that uh, we have all this expert here. Yeah, it, and it's as a, I, I can't say, it, I can't pronounce it enough. This is a fantastic mm. festival. If you haven't been, mm. go because we're going to have one next year. As I well. changed the law because yes, you, yes. you got legislations <laughs> that made it possible to yeah, do this. Yeah, it took me many years because I have, I'm a private person and I was not allowed to to. Um, uh, what do you say in uh, remiss instance in, in English? Uh, oh, I don't really know. So the know. community here, they, they hired two lawyers to help me. So uh, we worked together uh, with, um, with the change of the alcohol law from 19, no, 2007. And uh, it was uh, ready 1st of January 2011. And without that, we wouldn't have had any, any, any uh, fairs, beer fairs or whiskey fairs in Sweden. But now we can do that because of what we, our work. And I did it on my free time. Uh, we got to well, keep that in mind, guys. If we go to a festival in Sweden, uh, it's all because of Marianne. They should send me a ticket, <laughs> a ticket at least. I think they should send you tickets as well. Uh, the exhibitors you have here right now, uh, some of them has been with you. For mm. quite a long time. Yeah. One of them is the guys I used to work for at mm-hmm. Oliver Twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, great brands. Mm-hmm. I brought actually brought with me the 20th anniversary beer that is here. That's a good beer. Yeah, it's Dale's, Dale's Pale Ale, Pale Ale yeah. from Oscar Blues. Who always uh, have a small hidden 
I, didn't, no, I, they, I haven't seen that before. No, they they so always write me. something on the bottom, yeah. bottom of the can. Yeah. And this one that is sent now is Hey Yasvai or mm. Go Sweden. Yeah. Uh, so it's just for, for us. And then Helen, who works with me, she was here from the beginning as well. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she was an exhibitor who mm. became mm. a work partner. Yeah. yeah. And then an exhibitor again. Yes. And, and now then she's a work back partner. Again. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then we had uh, Börje Salming. Everyone knows about uh, the hockey, hockey player. Lady. Yeah, Börje Salming. He is unfortunately very ill right now. But uh, he was here the first time and every beer festival. And he, he went here. He came as a visitor last weekend. Mm -hmm. So we were very proud about that too. Uh, I've got to say cheers. And I've, cheers, I brought yeah. one of your favorite beers yeah. uh, Beer brands. Do you like the glass shimmy. this year? It's, it's uh, like Belgian style. It's a Belgian pokal. It's mm -hmm. like it's like a it's like a trophy. So, yeah, it is. Mm, yeah, that that is a strong blonde. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast for champions. Yes, yes. <laughs> But could you tell us a bit about the future of the festival? What, mm -hmm. What's going to happen with the festival? The festival will go on. Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival will go on. We don't know though if we can stay in this house. Because uh, the whole uh, area around the fair has been sold to a uh, uh, pension company. Okay. And they, they don't know right now what to do with the, with the area. So we haven't had any answers. We would like to stay here. But uh, we have uh, started starting to have discussions with other areas. Other venues. Yes. So we will go on. But I will go down a little bit. I will not work as hard as I do today. I will be like a senior advisor, mm. uh, and uh, we have we have eyes on a few persons <laughs> uh, that will come in and work with us, and it has to be someone that really love beer the way that we it do. Has to drive. Yes, but it will go on, and I will still be there um, un until no one wants me anymore. Well, we still we want you all the time, Marianne. You. you know that. <laughs> uh, but next year is also. The 30th anniversary for the whiskey part of yes, the it is. We started Stockholm that in 1993, yep. and the reason I took in whiskey, it was. Uh, do you remember Bjorn Hult? Of oh, yeah. course, um, he was the only whiskey expert uh, who had tastings in 1993, and we had one whiskey uh, club in Sweden. I think one or two, uh, Linköping, I think it was, and then uh, uh, we did not have any uh, distilleries. At all. No. Uh, so Bjorn, he, he's, he told me that, you understand, Marianne, that beer, whiskey is beer. Malt whiskey is beer without hops before we make it as a whiskey. Oh, I said, then we must, must take in uh, whiskey at the beer festival. And then it became Stockholm Beer and Whiskey Festival. Unfortunately, Bjorn died. Uh, too early. Too early. Yeah, 1997. Uh, so, and um, when we started the beer festival, we had eight breweries in Sweden. Now we have approximately 500. Which is fantastic progress. And there was no mm. distilleries. And now when it comes to whiskey and gin distilleries, we're up to mm. about 40. Yes, uh, more than that, actually. Mm. But uh, whiskey who produces whiskey is a little bit more than 10. Yeah. And it's fantastic. Yeah. Super. Mm. Uh, future looks bright yeah. for both the festival and for drinkers or, or mm. lovers of good drinks, at least. Yes, it is. Mm. Mm. Uh, Marianne, uh, I'm not going to keep you for long mm -hmm. because I know you've got 
excuse the expression, but you have shit loads to do. Yeah, I, I do, I do. Because this year we rent the house. For the last nine years, I was running the fair yeah. myself mm. with my staff, of course. But then we left the fair uh, in December because of the new owners would like to run it themselves and. And we had, I had, did I want to employ more, employ more people and start over again? I didn't know what would happen with the COVID and everything. So we, we uh, went into our old office in the city and now we rent it. Mm. So uh, I, I'm working with that. <laughs> to have every the, we <laughs> sit and actually where your offices were. Yeah, but because the, the people who run the, the fair now, they have never, never worked with any fair before so So that that makes it a little bit harder for me you are kind of the fireman running around yeah everywhere everywhere (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna ask you the last question you are going to die today you can have Mm -hmm. one more beer what beer would that be since i'm a very curious person and i don't want to die without taste yeah, maybe it could be the bottle i got yesterday i haven't had time to open it it was a blue chimay um was it a grand reserve it a was, grand reserve, it, the, yeah, yeah. was it the, with the rum cask i think it is a rum rum uh, mature the, the yeah. last one and um, i was planning to taste that tomorrow but maybe i will try it today then <laughs> <laughs> you should marianne uh thank you very much for being in the podcast thank you uh absolute pleasure and we tip our hats Thank to you. you, you are a true hero of beer, Sweden. And you are too, oh, thank you. Always been. <laughs> I remember every time that you have been around here by the consumers and trying to teach them, go there, try this. Uh, with the, What did you call it? The uh, beer safari. The beer safari. Yeah. I miss it this year. Yeah, but I didn't have a chance to, uh, or I couldn't get off work enough to, to do it. But I, I see. Uh, but, but you did a fantastic we'll work. We'll see. Ne- maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe yeah. next year. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we could do a, a combined whiskey and beer yeah. safari. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Of course, yeah. of course. Thank you very much, Marianne, and get back to work uh, after you've finished your beer. Yeah, school. Well, cheers. Cheers. Well, my friends, that's it for this time. But we will be back next Friday with a special interview because at the festival, CC had a chance to sit down with proper beer royalty. So don't miss that. Also, check out our Patreon for a chance to win cool merchandise from the festival. And special thanks to Bishop's Arms, Elite Hotels and our lovely workplace Akkurat for sponsoring this podcast. See you next week and drink better beer. I wondered for many years... I found it, found it. Beer, <laughs> 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 <laughs>